Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 185, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Fluence Ion. Uh, and this is, so could we technically say that this is really our first show of 2019? Because you're, you're, you're not just back from your travels, but you're really back from your travels. And also, whereas I use this opportunity to like steal components from <laughs> from my podcasting like setup to say, oh I need a power oh for, for the kitchen oh I'll just steal it from the pot I don't I don't have to do like Mac break or anything for another two weeks so I'll just steal it from there so this is the first time in 2018 I've been podcasting from the actual desk. Hmm. You know, it does. Uh, it does feel nice to be kind of back in the saddle. I have to say, I've been really productive the last couple of days. Good, surprisingly, but, but also probably because I didn't work and be, just the way I'm wired. If I don't work, I start to miss it, and then and then I do work, and then I miss not working. And you know, life just ebbs and flows, right? Um. But I do have to say the one thing that I did when I got back, it was which was a thing that I was putting off because I was just so in the holiday rush of things and then I had to go overseas and then we had to podcast and that takes time, you know. Uh, I finally got my pixel stand situation taken care of. Maybe. Uh, by which I say I finally reached out to support today and managed to get them to RMA my pixel stand because it does not charge my mm. Pixel 3 at all. And it's been really frustrating because I paid 80 bucks for that thing. And I was hoping for it to do all the cool things that I was told it could do. You know, I was supposed to have a red light casually wake me up. You know, uh, I was supposed to have an ambient mode. Uh, it was supposed to act as a smart speaker by my bedside. But instead, it's just a paperweight because I haven't been able to use it since I basically took it out of the box in, like, November. Um, so I am frustrated. But I finally did the deed, talked to support today. We had a lovely little chat over G-Talk, which I still like to call it. <laughs> and um, and I guess they're sending me a new unit, and then I have to return the old one. And then... Hopefully it will solve my problems. We'll see. I don't know. I'm a little concerned because uh, I was reading up on all the sort of little, the little chips on the shoulder of the Pixel 3's launch. And I guess I'm just, I just really hope that this charging situation is not something with my phone. Although I would, you know, like to get a new phone because mine's chipped. Just to well, uh, just to make sure that we're really talking about this, were yes. you satisfied with its ability to stand your phone up? No. Wow! Didn't even stand your phone up well. I mean, it does, but like when you have the case on, I was expecting it's a, little... a different answer. That that is really a failure. That's which is why I want it to do what I paid the eighty dollars for it to do, which is to do the fast charging. Um, because as a stand, you put it on there and it just kind of wiggles around. It doesn't feel mm. like. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's because of the ridges that they use. Like, uh, maybe it just doesn't work so well with the case that I have. Or maybe I'm just, you know, I'm so used to laying a phone down mm. on a uh, wireless charger, like the way the Samsung ones do. See, see, even this is one of the reasons why I still I still like my Moto 360 uh, Second Edition, which is still like yeah. my main because it came with that really really good stand that you just drop it into it. It doesn't even yeah. it doesn't even need to be magnetic. It just sh just drops into it, 
gives you an indication that it's charging and turns into a little like nightstand alarm clock. Although I I did have I did have a misadventure with mine. Uh, so I've got that. So I, I downloaded a new uh, a new watch face and was eager to try it out. But it'd been I'm not really used to the new interface yet. And so I, I tried long pressing on the face, which I remembered was how you do it, but it didn't work. So I swiped up and I said, oh, well, uh, I don't think it's this one, but I may as well. Like, I hit the little icon of like a little indicator of like a watch face thing. OK, maybe that's like other watch faces. And it wasn't. It was like to put it into theater mode. I immediately got that indicator. I immediately got that message saying, oh, well, this will press the power button again in order to restore it to turn the display back on again. At which point I realized that I was not going to be able to uh, uh, enjoy my new watch face because the one power button on my uh, Moto 360 doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so it, the, the, it's, a, it's a clicky button, but doesn't clicky anymore. Like I have to really push it down hard to get it to register anything. What did you do? I just, I just wore it and sweated into it, it and loved it. And, and, I, and I, as, as I'm thinking, like, Wow, so I might have just like told this watch, don't turn don't ever turn your display back on again until I push this button, but I can't push that button. So all I'm gonna have to do is keep it out of the charger until the battery dies and hope that when it reboots, it doesn't helpfully oh, I I remember I was in theater mode. I'm gonna be really helpful and go put myself back in theater mode because boy would it bum me. I, I probably should be buying a new Android Wear watch at this point. A because it's old and B because yes, yeah, the broken button. But I would hate to have to like even if I didn't have to admit to anybody that I'm buy I'm buying this new thing because this watch is functioning perfectly, which is it is simply waiting for me to push a button that is now not pushable. It just seems like a wrong reason to like buy new hardware. You just reminded me that I haven't used, I haven't actually really used the new Wear OS UI, by the way. I just, I, I forgot what that life is like. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe if they no made a watch. has any meaning to me, Sky. Well, if they would make a watch that would be comfortable for me to wear, yep, then yep. I would surely wear it. But uh, that didn't happen. So still waiting. It might be it might be a good time for me to get a new one. It's because now they're finally like at least two companies that are making kind of decent ones now, and they're not necessarily five hundred bucks. So we'll see. Maybe sometime later this year. Um, uh, the, for you, for me, exactly. <laughs> sorry, <Again. laughs> just uh, uh, sorry. You know. As as James Brown so poignantly put it, it's a man's world. Yes. It's in, yes, especially especially in the Android wearables market. It's yeah, that's they're still they yeah. Um, actually, that so that also puts into mind uh, speaking <laughs> speaking of like phone indicators. Now I had I don't know if this is I, I had a I had a lesson in what the differences are between like putting your phone on silent and turning off like putting it in airplane mode and actually turning it physically off like so i was uh, i was doing radio last week i was in uh the uh, at boston and pr studios and was doing my doing my text uh, my tech talk my blah 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 and suddenly like my phone stood I, I had like turned it on silent before like entering the studio because you know and but suddenly like i hear the uh, emergency alert tone from the emergency broadcast system 
and everybody's looking around because no one knows where it's coming from. It took me a while to, for me to realize that, oh, it's coming from my phone in my pants pocket and hopefully not indicating to anybody that I know that it's me who caused this problem. Uh, and it reminded me of something that I had <laughs> that I had learned a while ago but never really acted upon, that the emergency alert system is designed to say that, look, I don't care if this person has set their phone to silent. There is a tornado coming. They really need to know. And now the the ironic thing maybe about this was that the reason why it was giving me an emergency alert was yeah. to tell me that 911 was down in Boston for various for some weird reason. And so to it was putting me into a state of emergency to tell me that if I were in a state of emergency I would have to like dial the actual like seven digit number with area code to get help. And so, and I, I thought about every single time where uh, I, I, I am the person who of course shushes his phone during movies. Uh, the only time I actually power down the phone is when I'm at like some sort of a live performance, like when I'm at a, like a live theater or, or opera or whatever like that, because especially in opera, like at the Metropolitan Opera House, mm -hmm. if your phone makes any sound that is like it's not like in a movie theater where people will say oh god what a heathen those tickets are expensive yes and and i have Relatively. i have seen i have seen somebody bounced like in the middle of a performance because Good. and exactly Good. i paid is, way too much money for you to make any noise i'm sorry exactly. i agree and, the, and, okay. and, and, keep, and keep in mind that the acoustics <laughs> at the Metropolitan Opera House are such th are tuned so that someone yeah. people can be singing on the stage without amplification and right. be heard by thousands of people. That is really you you you. This is this is why you have that one false tooth that's actually filled with a fast acting cyanide, so <laughs> that you can just kill yourself immediately if that seems like the most dignified <laughs> option. So what so what I'm saying is that if you're ever like in one of those situations that you think that oh it's okay I've I've definitely I've definitely put my phone on mute I've double checked it no the only way to be absolutely sure that your phone will remain silent is to turn the turn damn off. thing off and it's okay to have your phone to turn your phone off it's perfectly fine the world will the, you know the world especially if you paid to be somewhere I'll also realize that there's some performers like on Broadway who will actually start shrieking at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or you'll get heckled at like a comedy club for interrupting. Do you know how anxious inducing it is? Anxiety inducing, I should say, uh, to get up on a stage in front of people and then to have a phone go off. Mm. It's rude. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, now I'm lecturing. Have you been ghosts. Done, have you done been, do, been doing open mic things in, in the Bay Area? No. <laughs> Bay, Bay Area high energy prop comic flow ion? No, I don't have that much. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't have that much. Not yet. Well, maybe in a past life. <laughs> I think in a past life, I uh, I did monologues in smoky clubs. <laughs> anyway, sorry, nope, I completely nope. interrupted you. That's fine. No, no, oh, no, no, no. I, I was just, uh, again, I was just sort of like reliving the, the it's, like, have have you ever like done something that really uh, dangerous, and you totally got away with it, and you never realized it was really dangerous until like a year later that you realized that, oh my god, I suddenly realized that when I walked into that like when I was exploring that like old cave or that old building, 
the reason why I got a little bit dizzy was not because I'd climbed that big flight of stairs, but because that was like a, I just entered a big cloud of methane. And that if I had struck a spot, A, I could have passed out and simply died of asphyxiation, oh, wow. or I could have exploded the entire building. Oh my God. I had one of those, I had one of those feelings when I, it was no problem with the radio thing because I'm not even, the, the microphones are so directional, maybe they didn't even pick it up. But, it, but then I thought, the number of times I have been like at other public spaces where I did not turn off my phone and that could have happened. Okay, let's we we have we have now learned that this is how we're going to live for the rest of our lives, being terrified if we leave our phones turned on. I mean, we really do need to scale back how much we allow people to reach us at any given time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, and that is a whole, I mean, that's a conversation that we could have for days, but I, because I've just been really thinking about that lately, especially because like I was in an airport, I was in many airports and I, I saw a lot of children on their phones and I mean, I don't want to be that adult, but I'm going to say it. That's a lot of screen time. I mean, look, I don't have children, so I'm obviously just speaking from my own whatever, uh, my own little soapbox. But I'm also projecting a lot because I just kind of feel like it's ridiculous that we have evolved to just be people that are constantly reachable. Yeah, as I think I think I've said it before, but it bears mentioning again. One of the best, one of the few pieces of like actual quotable word by word brilliant advice my dad ever gave was whenever the phone, the, the one house phone would ring mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid in the middle of dinner, right. and one of my sisters would leap up to, to go get it because it could be one of their friends, and he said, "Sit down. That phone is there for our convenience, not for the convenience yes. of the rest of the world." Oh, and even great. as a little even as a little kid, I remember thinking, that's right. So that's a device that society says that when that bell rings, we are to drop whatever we're doing, no matter how important it is, and go answer it, not knowing who it is or what they want. It's like, no, 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 we're, we're paying for this. Or, or sorry, my dad's and my mom are paying for this. It's yeah. So that has it's I, I have a friend who once who recently blogged about how like they had he had to turn off his phone for like 90 minutes because he was giving a presentation in front of 3000 people at Comic-Con and when he turned his phone back on like this one person was like why like why are you ducking me why were you why why are you trying why are you ignoring my texts like, like I'm not ignoring your text I simply was in front I was, I was not going to stop a panel with four people in front of 3000 audience members at Comic-Con to deal with your stupid little problem I have been training, well, I shouldn't say training because I feel like that has negative connotation, but uh, I have been re-establishing my time with my phone in the sense that uh, now that I'm back from my free time overseas, I'm back to like my 10 to 15 minutes a day of Instagram because I found that's like the healthiest amount of time for me to be able to like keep in contact with like the top seven people that I care about on a daily basis. Uh, you know, small little group of people versus like all the celebrities that I also follow, you know, I don't need to be going through their feeds every single day. Like that is an indulgence. Uh, I see that as an indulgence now because that's not time well spent uh, on my, on my part. It's not, it's not a worthy investment for me to 
you know, see what Serena Williams is up to. Uh, <laughs> because I already know she's kicking ass. So, yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Statistically uh, speaking, alert. that's quite likely at any given moment that she's kicking exactly. ass. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> so I, I've been there, but also with my friends, I, and I feel kind of bad about this because some of them actually will kind of say like, hey, are you okay? I haven't heard from you in a bit. But I have been, you know, looking at conversations and if I glance at them and I see that like, okay, friend friend does not need emotional support right now. Like friend is not in need. Friend is just kvetching or friend is just telling me of something like, okay, I have to get back to that at like a later. It's a lot of self-discipline. I recognize as I say it all out, but I... I just think it's uh it's an easy little way to to sort of rethink your relationship with your phone and the way people and the way people use it to reach out to you if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's the, the a basic piece of wisdom that I came to later in life than I probably should have is to try to always understand the reasons why you're doing the things that you're doing. And at some point, I realized that why am I? I'm I'm I've I only have to wait for like 20 minutes to for this line to like shorten up. Why am I like refreshing Twitter and refreshing Instagram, even though I know that nothing new has been posted? Like, why am I terrified of just being alone with my thoughts? <laughs> okay, gr granted, I've been alone with my thoughts enough to know that I don't want to be alone with that guy. He's a he's oh, a jerk. Boy. But still. But, <laughs> It's like I, I don't I don't know why I'm checking this phone, given that I know it's not going to have anything I need to it's going to entertain me or or inform me. And it's perfectly OK for me to simply be aware of my environment for the next five or ten minutes. I know it sounds new agey and, you know, <laughs> just like feel good to talk about using a phone from this perspective. But. You know, in the spirit of it being a new year and, you know, yada, yada, resolutions and the terrible slogans like New Year, New You, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be new. OK, maybe you add some new habits to your life, but that doesn't make you a new person. You're great as you are. Uh, but, you know, some those new habits might involve just being more conscious about why you're touching your phone. Um, and for me, most of the time, it's just because it's it's kind of like a tick. I just need to fiddle with something. Maybe I need to just buy more fiddling toys, fidget toys. I can. I <laughs> forgot what they were called. <laughs> Fidgets. Yes, I. I have. I have three. <laughs> Those are the three of the eleven I've bought in the past couple of years that have proven to be very, very much worth their money. Also, by the way, uh, if you are my husband and you really need to get in touch with me and my phone is off, all you have to do is send a broadcast message to the <laughs> dozens of Google <laughs> Assistant devices in the house, where I likely am because I like to cocoon. I'm a nester. Uh <laughs> It's jarring when it happens, but you know what? I did it to myself by putting all those speakers in every room. <laughs> well, see, we that's the if if these smart devices have an excuse for like never being off the internet, because just obsessively just like rechecking things. Unfortunately, that's what we're paying a monthly fee for them to do. True. Uh, they, they, ha they, the have, very... they have no chill and they have no sense of like inner peace. <laughs> Or, you know, uh, what, what's the what's the other new agey sort of thing that the new age people sort of ruined? It was it was, it was a perfectly calm, uh, perfectly common, perfectly sensible mindfulness. That's it. 
Yes. It's like, which was a perfectly fine thing until everybody started saying, this year I'm really into mindfulness. And this amazing rosé I found in Oregon of all places. The spring but Asia. mindfulness, it's like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> you're not, you're, you're not, you're not going to try to sell me essential oils or something now, are you? Uh, well, you, actually, like, Andy, I am looking to get rid of some. I definitely went through a phase where I was buying uh, essential oils. Uh, just very quickly before we go into uh, our first ad of the show, I just want to say, I swear, that Google Home is learning how to talk to me. <laughs> because when I talk to people about how they interact with their assistants, they always have a different experience than I do. Now, I can't tell if it's because they're projecting their own narrative. Like, we're you know, collectively projecting our own narratives onto our smart speakers. Um, but I do feel like my smart speaker in particular is a little more apologetic than usual. <laughs> and I think it's because it knows that I yell at everything. <laughs> the worst. I'm actually a terrible person. By the way. No, no, no. <laughs> You're <just> wonderful. <laughs> I have, I have no chill. Uh, I'm an impatient person, but I try not to show that to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not a good trait of mine. Um, I, I try to just keep it with those who have accepted me as I am in my house. But yeah, that's why home groups exist. So that <laughs> <laughs> you're limited to those people who have seen it your yeah. worst. You know, I, I, I continue to be really pleased with Google with Google Home because like uh, I love it when I just it it just seems it's like it's just just like you said, where. You know that all that's happened is that the server has become a little bit more sophisticated and learned a couple of tricks, but you you humanize these devices. And uh, for the first time, this is the first time I noticed this. Maybe it's been happening earlier, but this is the first time I noticed it, that as usual, like I asked what the weather is. And so basically told me that, oh, you know, it's a little bit chilly, but it should be, uh, should be fine right. today. And then it added without my asking, but tomorrow it's going to be rainy. What? And I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 it, it really just like made me like lean back for a second and just make sure yes. I entered, I logged this into my brain correctly. Yes. It, it has that whoever's the team that's programming this understood that when I ask what the weather is, it's not an academic question. I'm not going to then like add another point on this little graph that I've been writing. I'm actually curious about, I'm thinking about something that, uh, that how weather could affect my plans for the day. And it's, but it's saying, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be raining all day tomorrow. Now would be a good time to tell Andy about that. So he could start planning for right. that today. And yeah, that's that. I really appreciated that. I'm starting to wonder, mm. uh, because, uh, I'm, I'm starting to wonder machine if learning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see uh, now that, but that's something that could, they could just roll out to everybody. Now I'm wondering if like, let's say that you have um, like uh, uh, you're, you're you've, you've got a heater that you put in your basement uh, that you only turn on if the temperature is going to dip below freezing at night right. because you're worried about frozen pipes. And so night after night during the winter months, you say, Hey, Guillermo, is it going to be less than 30 degrees tonight? Then is, Will that eventually turn into a, like, what's the weather today? Oh, it's going to be 45 degrees and clear, but the temperature is going to dip below 30 degrees tomorrow night. 
Right. And just understanding that you specifically have indicated just not simply by saying, hey, assistant, remember this because this is really important to me. Just the fact that, wow, he really seems to ask about that a lot. So any time that that thing yeah. he's asking about is true, I'm not even going to like wait for him to ask it. I'm going to look for an opportunity to put that in front of him. It can learn that. I mean, that that is a thing that you could teach could, the machine. Yeah. And then and then further down the line, it would learn that you have a room called basement in your home group <laughs> that you often turn on this device, which you have put into that room. And it goes, oh, well, if that device is on at this time and it's like below a certain temperature, these things are going to get so sophisticated in the next five years. Yeah. And, and, and so much of it is just uh, the part the most one of the most important contributors to that team are the psychologists who say that, no, 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 we can't have it do things automatically. The first step is to say, it's yes, oh, and by the way, it's going to be below 30 degrees. And then once that seems to have like been the norm, it can say, it's going to be below 30 degrees tomorrow night. Would you like me to turn on the basement heater? <laughs> Why, yes. And then the last step will be, <laughs> it's, today is going to be 40 degrees and clear. But it's going to be 30 degrees tomorrow night. But it's going to be 30 degrees tomorrow night. I've already scheduled the heater to be turned on. Would you like me to cancel that? It's, yeah, that's, it's, yes, it's creepy to have these microphones and these assistants everywhere. But people, I, I really think that people four years ago, if we were to describe this, would be focusing on the, wait, you mean that I don't even have to set a timer? It will just realize that I'm yeah. in the habit of doing this and it's oh, it's always checking with me to make sure that yeah. it's making good decisions on my behalf? Like, why is any, why would any, <laughs> they, they, number, the number one question they would have is, if there's a, if there's a vaccine for smallpox and polio, why isn't everybody having their kids vaccine, uh, vaccinated against smallpox and polio? But shortly after that would be if we have a magic robot voice that all it has to do is like listen to us when we ask it questions, why would we not have these boxes and let them listen to us? And then, we, then we'd have to talk to them about advertising and data mining and that sort of stuff. But it would be a, it would be a hard sell to get them to not want these devices. Oh, Andy, I so badly have another question, but you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Uh, shall we jump into our first ad? I think we shall. This episode is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom is brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so that you don't have to, and it gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you are alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what is affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom is a new, fresh approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL, that's the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
Well, this week is uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, it's in Las Vegas. By the way, by the way, I'm sorry. Yes. I need to correct you. It is no longer called the Consumer oh. Electronics Show. I learned from uh, APM Marketplace, uh, the podcast hosted by Molly Wood. It has now been rebranded as CES. Yes. B- to try in a bid to appeal more like hip. I'm assuming. I, 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 I forgot all about that. Um, I remember when I, I, I do approve of that because now uh, they, they realize that if they change it to, to actually be called CES, it actually literally means nothing, which right. is pretty much what the event oh, means. Oh, yes. Let's go on. Yes. Please continue. I just, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I see no 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 I'm just jealous of all those all my all of our friends and journalists who are there if if yeah. it weren't if it weren't for these yeah. bone spurs of mine uh, I've note from my doctor saying that I he, I can't attend CES because of these darn bone spurs uh, and really all kinds of former presidents have been telling me I've made the right call that no no I just I I uh, I've, I've never attended CES because even when it was the show where Microsoft and Apple and the companies actually would exhibit and actually do big hardware announcements it was too big of a fire hose to get anything productive done and now it's really where you want to find out every year. It's something kind of trivial that I can get the same information just by checking my inbox. Uh, one year or a couple of years, it was, hey, wow, another Bluetooth speaker. This one's shaped like a frog. They call it the frog speaker. Thank you very much. I will be in touch if I need any more information or a product sample. Thank you for getting in touch. And now it's, hey, we've got, you know, those that those novelty like motorized forks for eating spaghetti with? Now ours works with, with HomeKit, the Amazon and Google Smart Assistants. I'm like, again, thank you very much. I'm, <laughs> I'm very glad I walked the equivalent of 2.2 miles on, on the show floor and I'm spending $2,000 to be in Las Vegas to get a demo of your interactive HomeKit enabled rotary electric novelty fork. CES is a pageant. It is a pageant. Uh, and I, I appreciate the uh, attempt I'm really not going to be able to find the right words to say this. I appreciate that we tried to derive meaning from it still, uh, but I kind of feel like it is such a dog and pony show as it is that the reason the reason it, it exists now is more for the consumers than it is for the media. Um, case in point is this Google Assistant ride at CES, yeah. which is, by the way, just 100% genius marketing, like, absolutely positively a creative whoever came up with this is emoji 100 uh but it is definitely i mean this is not a press thing you yeah. know, See, you know uh, uh, people people don't understand people uh, sometimes don't don't realize that this isn't like a show that anybody can get into this is still just for members of the trade but maybe it should be members of the press and yeah well and, and for analysts. And so I, I was kind of wondering why 
Google put to, assembled a really sophisticated and complicated and ambitious version of Disney's It's a Small World After it All. It even matched some of the track of one of the Disney rides, the Alice in Wonderland ride. Yes. Where you go outside and you see like the Disneyland and then you go back inside to like the little, I mean. Yes. I mean, you ha- again, you have analysts and members of the press boarding like little trains. <laughs> and, many of whom have been to Disneyland in their childhood. So exactly. they do have a frame of reference so there's there's certain traumas that might be reactivated by being on a a little track and being put against the and being moved against a a, a catchy musical jingle and animated puppets doing things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and doing uh, things with their assistant now uh, don't forget that so and so it's it's walking (laughs) you through like like you know smart car land and then homeland and then oh look it's grandma at the front door with a nest thermostat thing land or and and <laughs> takes you outside for a brief a brief whiff of like actual natural air uh and then you smile there. there's a there's a picture that you're taking and then takes you right back into the dark section of the ride in which it's nighttime and the assistant is turning off lights and but again it's uh, and you can and if you want to experience it without again spending two thousand dollars to travel to las vegas catching whatever uh, patient zero style colds and flus are being distributed at there uh and other fun of being at ces theory they did put a 360 degree video up there uh on uh, on youtube and it's but it's like you're not getting information and i'm just trying to figure out what would make it worthwhile for anyone in any of those categories to want to ride this ride I, it's I, a I google understand. world yeah I, I that's why it's it's yeah. a metaphor it's a metaphor for uh, because so I've been watching Melrose Place, <clears throat> uh, the original, the one that debuted in the '90s. Uh, absolute garbage, by the way. And I'm a nine or two and connoisseur, but Melrose Place is just absolute garbage. Uh, enjoyable in its own right, though, if you like that sort of thing. But uh, they center around an advertise. I'm sorry, by the way. I'm totally putting this into our podcast. Uh, but they okay. center one of the plot lines around, um, they all work in an advertising agency. Like that's where all the, oh, goes on. But I kind of compare those scenes to like what I watched in Mad Men. Now I've never worked in advertising. I've just worked like alongside the cubicle of advertisers. <laughs> and like, that's, I've only interacted with them in like a and like, oh, we work at the same company kind of thing. I've never really been like a boots on the ground to kind of know how they do it. But from what I understand, there's a creative process. <laughs> and so uh, and the creative process often involves like these ideas of like basically subliminal marketing. And this all, by the way, I learned in an episode of Marrow's Place today is subliminal marketing. Um, <laughs> all while Amanda was trying to woo Billy. And uh, I see this as like the perfect metaphor of subliminal marketing and that like you take this ride and like your whole world is just completely driven by the not just the Google products, but the services that exist in the cloud, because that's how everybody connects. And it's genius. <laughs> that's why I give it like so many emoji 100s, because this is extremely creative. And it also ties into that like feel good California vibe that Disney kind of has going on. Um, Maybe it isn't California vibe, but I'm just sort of referring to like the Disney style of animation. There was a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of Mary Blair, like 
going on in there. <laughs> and which would resonate with anybody. Adorable so kids, big heads. Exactly. <laughs> That's and yeah, and of course we're talking about it, and which is which means that it's has served its purpose. And now that and yeah, now that, that's now that, true. Now that I think of it, if all the the reason why you're going to get like members of the press and other CES attendees in there is that all they have to know is that these these little cars that we're riding in that uh, cars as in like they have seats. Yes, so we'll be. You're offering a place to sit down for five minutes, and the only cost is that we'll be riding past like little dioramas. Mm -hmm. But you're not lying to me about sitting down, right? We're in. Right. <laughs> exactly. So why why walk you through a demonstration room when they could just sit you down and show you the demonstration in a in a fun, dynamic, animated fashion that takes you back to some of your warmest childhood memories? Uh, it's absolutely genius, and I applaud. I applied, I applaud Google for it. And it, however, however, it is also a tale of how far Google has come. Because remember last year, it was just a takeover of a monorail car. <laughs> this year, it is a mini monorail. True. And 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 of course, I'm 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 sure we're gonna see like they're gonna break this down and then like reassemble it like at the at, at Comic Con. They better at, put it at Google I/O. Oh yeah, <laughs> I need to ride this thing. <laughs> <laughs> if they're I, I don't I know they're serving donuts somewhere. I don't know if they were like at this end of this ride. If they were at the end of the ride, then I'll I'll sit through a lot for if there's a fresh hot donut uh, at the at the end. Of yeah. It, okay, but yeah. but but getting so but uh, that's a way of we really went off track. I'm yeah, sorry, <laughs> so, no no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, so but it is an indication that this was really all about the the Google Assistant, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which is like for the second year in a row, it's been just a WWE SmackDown between the Amazon mm -hmm. Assistant and the mm -hmm. and the Google Assistant. Just to, just had to get a, it's it's like the, the the Russia versus USA medal count. They just mm -hmm. want to see how many devices do we now ha have we now announced today? Like oh well, again there's a there's a there's a fondue pot that now has Alexa but does not. Have have Google Assistant, <laughs> we win. Uh, so, but the, but the, so they chose this venue to announce a whole bunch of actually pretty cool things. Mm -hmm. uh, the probably the biggest one, as far as I'm concerned, uh, is a, a new platform Google is calling Google Assistant Connect, which is kind of a way that if you want to integrate the Google Assistant into uh, a device, but it's not a it's not the sort of device that will have like a heavy CPU or have Wi-Fi. Or it's not it's not economical to make it support Google Assistant directly, or if you just don't have the sort of like development team that can integrate Google Assistant, the the basic thrust of it is that uh, if you in, if you use this platform to integrate Google Assistant into your little device, uh, if this then your device will be able to take advantage of the fact that there's an actual Google Home someplace nearby. So instead of having to do the Google Assistant query and results harvesting yourself. You can just your device can simply say, "Excuse me, Mr. Google Home, uh, could you could you find out what the, what the traffic is and what the weather is? Because I'm just a fridge magnet with an e-ink display, and I just want to make sure that when they when he goes to get juice, uh, he'll already see what what the traffic's going to be like. And if you could do that, that'd be wonderful. And so the your the nearby Google Home will do all that one and pass back to your your e-ink fridge magnet." 
here's what the temperature is. Here's what the here's what traffic seems to be normal. Great. It just throws the right icons up on that e-ink display. And Bob's your uncle. This was a uh, demo. It was a demo device. Uh, the 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 fridge magnet was a demo device that uh, Google actually made. You could see it was actually 3D printed. It was just like a here's a here's what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, now it was frighteningly similar to uh, another device that uh, Bill Gates introduced <laughs> at CES when Microsoft had like the first day keynote. Uh, he had this, they had this new like FM radio transmitted digital data thing that will, uh, here's how we'll be able to put sports news headlines. So stock market, uh, stock market results, uh, weather, uh, onto watches and other devices. And they had like actual like fridge magnets that could like tell you the weather, uh, and those things never shipped, but this does actually seem like a pretty interesting thing. I want it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it could, it could be really, really cool if it again. No, it this, will be. It I will want be. it. Yes. <laughs> Sold American. Uh, well, no, I mean it's just it's it's genius again yeah. uh, to just like take an, a very typical household object, a thing that so many people have and have had throughout generations, which is like an L, you know, little LCD black and white like timer, and to just make it into this little uh, this little manifestation of the assistant. I mean. It just goes to also show that the future is not all like giant touchscreens and ooh la las. Yeah, it's maybe people don't necessarily want everything to be a smart device. They just can think of one way in which this device could be a little bit smarter. And uh, Google Assistant Connect will give people, give developers the way to do that. Um, yep. This this is one of those announcements where the phrase "we'll have more to say about it in the coming months" yeah. plays prominently. Uh, but it's a real thing. Obviously, they've got a lot of a lot of uh, thought stock into it. Um, another feature of this is that, uh, again, according to what Google is saying about this, it will allow the Google Home to configure and operate smart devices directly without having to go through a central hub. So instead of having to have like three smart hubs on your network because your light bulb needs to talk through a hub, and you're We'll see how that works out. Anything that makes things simpler to create and makes it maybe irrelevant what maker or manufacturer makes this smart bulb or this smart tea kettle, uh, I'm certainly all for it. I'm just, I'm raising my eyebrows over here. Uh, <laughs> I'm dubious. I'm dubious. I mean, I'm always, I'm we'll always see. curious. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that's happens. Why, that's why we, we want to underscore that this is, uh, uh, this is, this is a lot of what happens at CES where yeah. even even if you feel as though you are a really, really good and responsible journalist, you have to underscore that this is a line of text that this company decided to say in describing this product without actually showing the product itself to allow an independent person to try it out and come to their own conclusions. So we'll see how this pays out. I, when when they say having more to say about it in the coming months, I'm, you imagine that, they're, that they mean Google I.O. where they're going to have like a whole session about it. Uh, but eh, we'll find out. Uh, see the other now. Uh, the Verge was really hot about this announcement about how uh, the Google Maps app for both Android and iOS has is getting a significant upgrade, like rolling out right now, in which there's going to be sort of a custom tailored edition of Google Assistant rolled right into the app that's tailored specifically for navigation. So that uh, it's just like if you ask uh, your the Google Assistant on your phone, uh, on your Android phone, 
it doesn't necessarily know that you're driving a car and you don't want to be looking at the screen. So this is optimized for give you the minimum amount of impact uh, with the uh, the maximum amount of impact with the minimum amount of having to look at the screen and touch buttons and actually interact with the thing. Uh, it will also control music. You can respond to text with it. Uh, now, The Verge thought that this, now this was actually just something that they announced at Google I.O., and they're now just actually rolling it out this month. So it's not as though this was a big CES announcement. Uh, the Verge was writing about it and seems to think, uh, be seems to be impressed with it as kind of like a Trojan horse to get the Google Assistant onto iPhones without having to get iPhone users to download the special Google, the, the Google app to get the assistant that way. Uh, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think it's as big a deal as that, but it's very, very true that uh, Google certainly has a lot more success getting people to rely on Google maps over Apple maps, uh, as opposed to getting them to rely on their own smart assistant instead of Apple's. And also, it doesn't really matter whether people are asking for, hey, where's the nearest gas station? Or, hey, where's the where's the nearest restaurant that uh, can seat four people near my destination? doesn't matter if they're getting it through the real, the full-featured Google Assistant or, or they're getting it through this sort of mini assistant uh, that's inside Google Maps. They still benefit from getting that data. Uh, and uh, it's anything, but anything that keeps people from crashing into me while I'm driving. I'm four, and this seems to be a step in that direction. This is definitely very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to the Verge article uh, in our show notes about the part where it's a Trojan horse. I didn't even think about it from that perspective uh, until it was sort of just laid out here, and it, to it totally makes sense. It's, again, genius. I think if CES is showing us anything, it's that these little uh, these little announcements that are being made on behalf of Google are just pointing to a major roadmap for the year of just like all this deployment of the assistant just everywhere yeah. and there and just trying to put it into everything. Uh, and we're going to we'll talk more after the break about some other devices that are coming out with the assistant on them. But it definitely it's no longer just limited to inside of a speaker in your home or on your Android phone. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, if it, the faster we get to we get through our next commercial, the faster yes. we get to that stuff. So let's, yep. get, let's do the commercial. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. With a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that, all those things. And there's nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I can't tell you how many of my friends are running their own businesses just based on a Squarespace template. It is that 
easy. Anybody can get into it. It doesn't matter the kind of experience that you have making websites. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website and to show your support for this show that you love, material. Once again, that's squarespace.com material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace so much for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. More CS! Yay! <laughs> and we didn't even have to go anywhere. <laughs> yes, our nasal passages are unblocked, and not just because we just threw a major snot rocket out of my office floor. Uh, it's, yeah. The benefits of working from home. <laughs> yes. No one sees you. No one nope. sees you do that disgusting thing yeah. you do in the morning. Uh <laughs> So yeah, but uh, it really, you're absolutely right. It's like um, in a week in which Apple has been hit with a lot of, oh, look up the CEO, Tim Cook, had to send this letter about how bad the iPhone business is becoming and now they're officially doomed. Finally, remember how no, I said, not. remember how I said 10 years ago that the iPhone they're would so never rich. be a lasting success? Yeah, that's they'll stupid. never, they'll never be doomed. They have it's so much money. So much money. Um, <laughs> But it, but it, it and and believe me, as much as much as I joke about these things, like Apple versus Google and every, blue and any one team against another team is kind of a pointless and waste of resources. Um, it is interesting to uh, sometimes to reflect on the fact that Google and Apple are similar in that they have both they both have the same problem in which they're making the lion's share of their profits off of one really successful product. And it is mm -hmm. relevant to wonder what happens if Google suddenly is not able to make that much money off of the ad business. Yep. Uh, and so that's why it's you. It's no mystery why they're going so aggressively and so excitedly to promote the Google Assistant as another yet another conduit for Google services and Google resources. That now and it's, and it's kind of brilliant because the whole message of uh, Apple's predicament is that. They're trying to continue to make huge profits on hardware in a world where hardware is becoming increasingly irrelevant, whereas Google is creating new software categories and services that says it doesn't matter. Who, we don't want to make the hardware. We will continue to make our Pixel phones and stuff, but we want to make we want to build something that makes us money no matter what hardware it runs on. And the Google Assistant looks like it's really, really going that way. Yep. Um, and I'll also say that like this new the one new feature that was rolled out this week, uh, the a new interpreter mode, uh, mm, and this yes. is and this is the sort of stuff that really reaches people where it's um, Apple correctly and maybe a little bit snarkily put up a really huge billboard uh, on the on the side of a hotel about how what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Go check out our privacy uh, features. Now, of course, the, the problem was they did put this poster on the side of a Marriott hotel, which just leaked tens of millions of personal pieces of information. Okay, they, they, they couldn't have foreseen that when they when they approved the ad. Um, really? <laughs> Maybe. But that, but that, yeah, but that, but that's the that's the sort of like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a tactile feature that people can immediately appreciate and use and uh, and be impressed by. Whereas when you have when you have the ability to say, "Hey Guillermo, uh, be my French interpreter," 
and it will your Google Home or your phone or your smart display will just sit between you and the person you're speaking to and automatically translate as each side of the conversation as you go. And on a smart display, like as when they hear someone's reply to you in French, it will translate into English and actually write it in English, just like it will write your English and translate it into French. That's the sort of thing where even if you never have a need to use that sort of feature, it's like, wow, Google seems to be doing some really cool stuff. And I'm at least going to play with that once. Um, and that's not even that complicated. It's not something that uh, Google Translate couldn't do before. They just found a new way to express it that uh -huh. is makes it legitimately more useful and also incidentally more marketable and and more and more demoable. Yeah, I think uh I I I just I'm really excited to use this when it finally comes to the Romanian language, which I hope which I hope it does. 20, I mean, I, I, it says it's rolling out with 27, 26, 27 languages. So I'm Romanian sure might Roma be one of them. I mean, I, I would pick Russian. I'm sure Russian would have come out before Romanian. I'm, I'm sure Chinese Russian is up there in the top three. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in terms of like more, the most spoken languages in the world, but I just think of it as like, what a tool. See, this is how Google makes itself invaluable and why so much of its marketing is kind of like in that Disney centric esque aesthetic because there's something very familial about these features and just imagine using this in a bilingual household yeah. where you are teaching children how to speak or maybe in my case helping husbands learn some common words <laughs> uh, in another language and it's like that's what a uh, it man there is just so much of this technology is going to be embedded into our daily interactions with other people that it's just interesting to think about. It's interesting. <laughs> I my, my head is in a whirlwind just trying to uh, express how I feel about this. I'm both like delighted, but also concerned. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You, you have to, well, you always have to think about how relatable technology is to actual human beings. And there's very little that's more relatable than imagine a 30 second ad in which you see someone and yes, you can say, oh, well, they've just, they just moved in, moved to this country a year ago. They're trying to learn the language, but they haven't really gotten it yet. And suddenly having uh, more independence than they used to have because they no longer have to bring their kid with them whenever they need to go to the dry cleaners or go shopping because all they have to do is like put their, put oh, their yeah. Android phone on the yeah. counter and any everybody and even if the person that you're talking to has never dealt with this feature before they can deal with oh here is a magical machine that is turning whatever she's saying into english and whatever i'm saying is turning into some sort of squirrely language that i can't read but she seems she seems to be handing over the correct amount of money that i'm asking for and, and when i ask her a question about the handling of this garment she seems to be the the, the english text on this screen seems to correspond with an answer that i would get if she understood what I was asking her and that's the sort of thing that says isn't it's it's not only good in and of itself it's also the sort of thing that helps people to accept the amount of data that Google collects about us and not just to, because of the transaction that we keep talking about that oh I've because I'm not sure that most people are even considering it a transaction but it it has to do with how they come to regard this company. Are they a company that makes good stuff that's useful, that helps lives? In which case, 
well, what, gosh, why would I suspect Google of doing anything bad? Because they, they, they give my kids uh, software to write their papers on and their teachers software to great stuff in. They help me to navigate the places. They help me schedule things. And now they help this. I don't know who this grandmother is, but now she seems to be able to like order a, order a yeah. cosmopolitan with the triple whatever <laughs> without hey, having to. Granny likes her things, okay? Is whatever hasn't you live, killed you live granny you live <laughs> whatever hasn't killed her by the age 89 just stick with it it's working mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah it's that's that's a that's an advantage that apple doesn't have at this point particularly because these are free features that just keep rolling out um here's some uh, a whole bunch of other assistant features let's just sort of rock and roll through them uh soon you'll be able to use the assistant through the lock screen so instead of saying hey hey guillermo and then my phone lights up and asks for a passcode or fingerprint which is right. not really the most helpful thing some things you'll be able to it'll be able to do and answers give right through the lock screen uh the, the that wonderful thing that apple phones have been able to do check into flights mm. <laughs> uh, is now wow they finally figure out how to how to do that um it only works with partner airlines and uh, it will only start working with united so Okay, they can do better than that, but okay, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this is coming out in the next couple of days. <laughs> These are such simple things that you would hope that they had done at the very beginning, but automatically adding punctuation to dictation. So I no longer say, hey, comma, flow, exclamation mark. <laughs> are you ready for today's show, question mark? It's It'll get from your inflection what you... <laughs> yeah, but that worries me because remember, I yell about everything. True. Actually, will it be smart enough to go into to shift into all caps? No, I don't want it to do that. I don't want people to know I'm yelling begrudgingly <laughs> toward my phone. My phone is supposed to not give me away. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only yelling because I'm in the other room cleaning up cat poop. <laughs> I'm not angry, really. Cat emoji, poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> that sophistication um coming and, soon and some other some other basic stuff i mean like holy, holy mother of god can you believe that we live in an age of miracles where you can actually use the assistant to create a note or to do using google's own, own google keep app wow as well as a couple of the third party party ones but yeah to do's and notes are things that I really expected that would have worked at the very, very beginning. It was one of those first features where I actually wound up having to do a search for how to use the assistant when the first time I was using it because, well, obviously there must be a way to store a note. If it can, if it can send a message, clearly it can save a note. I must not be using the right phraseology, but right. no, it just didn't didn't have that. Uh, and we'll soon be able to work with many, many, many messaging apps, not just Google's own messaging app. So WhatsApp, Telegram, Telegram that's that sort of stuff. About a half dozen were on the list, and I was thoughtful enough not to actually copy and paste that into the show notes. Uh, but <laughs> trust trust me, most popular messaging apps will be supported or are being supported as this thing rolls mm -hmm. out. Yes. Uh, I am going to get the assistant to put into my car. Yeah. that's a, I just would like you to know that that is, that is something I'm planning to do because my car is a, made in 2008. And although the engine still purrs absolutely <laughs> wonderfully and the car continues to keep me safe and take me from point A to point B, the infotainment system inside is grossly outdated. Uh, so it, 
I, I like this idea, but it definitely is just like, why have a system in your house when you can have it in your car? Yep. Uh, Anchor and GB, JBL were showing off. So they have this, so this, this uh, new like smart. Did I assist- jump ahead? No, 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 no. You, you, you nicely, nicely tied into something that we're going to be talking about in a, in okay. a moment. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I like that because I, this, these two devices, they're essentially uh, Google Assistant devices that are self-contained little plugs that you just put into your cigarette lighter, which I think we can now call in the 21st century a power port. Uh, 12, 12 volt power port uh, and all you do is you just plug this thing no wires no nothing it just has the four like colored uh, app uh, google assistant lights on it and so you can use it to uh, get uh, get navigation information control the music uh, control te- uh, send and receive uh, phone calls and texts that sort of thing but yeah i'm uh, i am the curator of many many <laughs> I, I i am the i am like the the, the the ferryman who carries cars <laughs> across the river to their final destination. I I will buy uh, every car I've bought has I bought them like at seventy five thousand miles, eighty thousand miles, and it will be taken ex- excellent care of until it's hundred fifty, hundred sixty, hundred seventy thousand miles, and the frame is now close to rusting through. So I am. I am very knowledgeable about driving a car that has not just the second current generation of electronics, but like we'll still have a cassette deck in a world where there's no cars ah, with yes. CD changers in them. So the the idea, and and especially people who even people who uh, travel a lot and deal with a lot of rental cars, the ability to simply just plug something into what they know is going to be a power receptacle and mm-hmm. suddenly have the Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. Just as they do in their in their home, uh, is going to be pretty darn cool. Well, it's very important for just like driving because the Android Auto. One of the most frustrating things about using it on the phone is that it does not work the way it does when it is built into your dash in the car. Yeah, and so for me in particular, I. Again, I talk so much about California car culture and it it is real and it is part of my daily life. And I need, I I would like to stop touching my phone. I would like to be able to control it as easily as I can turn the lights on and off here at home. So I am very much looking forward to this, even though I know everybody, oh, I know you're going to add a microphone to your car. And But you know what? In this case, I want a microphone in my car because I need something to listen to me so that I do not touch the phone. Yeah. Especially, uh, yeah, okay, I'm done lecturing. But seriously, people, <laughs> stop using your phone behind the wheel. Yeah, uh, as 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 I as I've said before, uh, I don't own a car anymore because I've been able to do without it and save lots and lots of money and lots and lots of headache. But the problem with the only real downside of that is that now, like when I'm taking like an Uber or a Lyft, I can freely look at other cars on the highway. Yeah. And when I see that, see. okay, you've got the phone in one hand, you've got the coffee in the other hand, yep. and I don't know what's doing the steering. Maybe Jesus has taken the wheel. Yes. Well, you know. <laughs> thank, thank goodness I'm just watching all of this on TV and I'm not actually <laughs> not actually in a car because otherwise I could be in very, very grave danger. Right, right. Uh, Lenovo, who uh, came up with the first uh, smart display, showed off in in concert with Google a new form factor smart display, Google Assistant smart display. It's new four inch, like alarm clock sort of form factor. 
they're going to be coming up that it's pretty soon it's going to be 79 bucks and it's i from what they were talking about it seemed like it's going to be mostly constrained by just the size of the screen so it will still work like as a google home smart speaker but obviously it's not going to have enough room to telegraph back a whole bunch of other information but as a little thing to have on the nightstand to tell you what time it is to 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 and another great feature it does not have a camera in it that even needs to be turned off or blocked which is another good feature for something on the nightstand of your bed to have um and as a way to make sure that you always have a microphone handy it could be it could be interesting i'm there is a physical mute button exactly as as always yeah um you know actually I, i i have i still have a google home mini that was in the closet because I had no use for it after I wrote about it. And I've been thinking about putting it right next to the bed uh, with a microphone turned off, chiefly because uh, there are times where I'm watching TV in bed at 2 a.m. and I don't feel like the TV is too loud, but I realized that if the speaker were like uh, 18 inches away from my ear instead of like eight feet, I could actually have it turned down way low (laughs) and be absolutely sure I'm not disturbing anybody. Uh, So that's interesting. It's, it's, it's not a revolutionary thing, but it just goes to show you that uh, they have a, Google has a really, really big plan to make sure that are so versatile. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. This is, this is what a conversation is like. We we can talk if it's, if it's three people, then it becomes like a CNN, like, (laughs) three three no, way like yell no, fest no, no. Oh, well, i'm agreeing with you because i'm just thinking about like how i think that's why i have been so um g- crazy for these products because they are just so fun to set up and so easy for anybody to do and it's ah, you know what yeah they knocked it out of the park with this <laughs> Yeah. Just give no, it to them all. I, I, all the I, awards. I, I agree with you, and it sounds. I, I hope this doesn't sound like marketing hype, but it really shows you how important diversity is for a platform. Because I do have Google Home devices all throughout the house, but if they only if if they were like Apple and only had like the HomePod, only the grapefruit size, three hundred and fifty dollars speaker. That wouldn't be the case, not only because I couldn't afford to have six instances of a $350 grapefruit size speaker, but because it's not what I want in the kitchen. In the kitchen, I want something with a screen so I have something to look at so I can see how much time is left on a timer while I'm starting something else cooking or something to watch while I'm washing dishes. And for uh, the nightstand, I just want a little speaker so that I don't have, so that I'll have a little ex- little external thing that I can that I can talk to. For another room, I don't. Re- for one room, I really want a four hundred dollar really good speaker because that's going to be the primary uh, source of nice music audio in the bedroom. But when it comes to the living room and other spaces, I really do want the cheap little $129 Google Home because I'm not looking for immersive fidelity. I just want the same music to be going on everywhere without having to have one set of speakers blaring at maximum volume. So that's why I'm so heavily invested in Google Home. Not only is the technology working for me, but whatever whatever hole I have to fill, they have a Google Home device of that exact right size and shape that will fill that hole exactly. That's really smart planning. Do you know what I want, Andy? I would like for my $80 pixel stand <laughs> to work on my nightstand. <laughs> Just sort of put that out in the universe there as my I don't see 
what devices about are that? made? These are Google is a really really smart company, and Apple also a really really smart company. And so you wonder why both of these companies could not make like a wireless charging stand, even though every Chinese bulk <laughs> Ali. <laughs> Alibaba yes. company could sell you a thousand charging stands yes. that all work perfectly fine. In different fine. shapes and sizes and the, the shape of your favorite cartoon character even. Yeah. And yet, and yet, $80 people. <laughs> like, I need someone to make my $80 up to me because that is a lot of money. Okay, sorry. I just, you were talking about the nightstand and it brought me back to... Why I spend eighty dollars on that thing in the first place? Here speaks a woman <laughs> in pain. <laughs> exactly. Just fix my stand. Um... And then, and then there's the long list of we won't go through the. There must be like two or three dozen just just going by my yes. inbox. Let alone what I've been reading online. Every uh, speaker nine that... to five Google, by the way, yes. which I will I will link them. They have a really good roundup. Yeah. of the stuff that was announced. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, only a couple of highlights that finally Sonos devices are getting the Google Assistant. They've been promising that Google and Sonos have been promising that for a long time. Um, the only the interesting hitch here is that when Amazon announced and delivered uh, their own smartest, their version, I'm not saying the name, smart assistant uh, support, they were perfectly happy to ha let their wake word uh, coexist with whatever other wake word for whatever other smart assistant lives in there. The wording of the announcement seemed to imply that for Google Assistant, you could have both on the device, but you'd have to switch between, you'd have to switch Google Assistant on at the expense of the other assistants. And if that's true, that would kind of stink. And we kind of say, if, if anything, you kind of want to, you, you kind of want to, uh, the ability to simply give people the ability to simply at any given moment ask a task to be done by one assistant instead of the other and just let one wither and die. <laughs> just until you forget. Uh, hello, uh, Alyosha? No. Uh, Andy? No. Uh, Andrea? What was that Amazon assistant's name again? Glimpse into your future, folks. Yes. It's coming. Uh, and and also the instant the Wi-Fi version of the instant pop now works with assistant command. So when you're making that 20 minute black bean casserole, you can say, uh, "Excuse me, uh, ask the instant pot is my black bean casserole ready?" Because I would like to very much eat it now. Listen, what I sometimes that's how I talk to my assistant. Uh, when I was uh, what was I telling it outside? I was telling it to I think I was telling it to stop casting something. And then I told it, thank you. And it replied, this is how you need to talk to your things, I like, folks. I, I like saying thank you to uh, to mm -hmm. the Google Assistant. A, because it turns off the microphone and says, okay, I, I no longer have to wait for another command. But also because now you're, you have an advantage over me, but you're still in largely the same boat. Like you do have a husband, so you share a space with another human being. So you're not alone in your space all the time. Whereas I can easily go 48 hours, sometimes 72 hours without having an interaction with another human being. That I'm not saying that as a complaint. I'm saying just as an observation, sometimes it's a deadline thing. Uh, and so it's good to have this device that lets me practice 
uh, my human interaction skills or else yes. I, I, I don't want to like say, okay, finally, I've, I was, I wrote 8,000 words in three days. I'm actually two days ahead. This is wonderful. I can finally go to my local cafe and have a scone and a, and a drink. And I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say, Hey clerk, <laughs> give me a diet Coke <laughs> and a scone. Without oh but, hi hi oh that's very nice oh yeah that's nice very so, oh I really like the new Christmas decorations they're really really nice oh yeah um let's see I'd like a blueberry you still have scones great I would love a blueberry scone uh and a diet coke and can you give me a cup of ice <laughs> with that thank you so much please that's very nice thank you oh boy how's the kid oh that's great he's you know I still remember when he was in here like just two weeks ago and gosh yeah, so you have to. It's, it's good to practice. Maybe maybe that's the, the next like Google Assistant skill to like <laughs> when it when it knows that I'm about to like fly somewhere. It's like here's how to have like 45 seconds of idle conversation while you're checking your checking your. I'm bag. pretty sure you can program that if you needed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be. <laughs> well, because I programmed I program affirmations into mine, so you know it just. When push comes to shove, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Just use one trite expression after another. Um, wow. That was a very Google-ific CES. Google-rific. That was very assistant-y. And we haven't... And imagine... And dear listeners, we talked about the, the fire hose effect of CES and why there's almost no point in, in covering it like directly. Like, imagine if I had to write about that... Plus, like the new like roll up sixty five inch four uh, K OLED displays, and I also had to talk about uh, a, a new like Microsoft Surface style gaming PC being made by so and so, and it's just a lot of walking, and it's you're in the middle of the desert, and you're aware that you're in it's a hard. desert. It's, it's a hard show. It's a hard show, and and uh, sometimes I feel bad because I I. <sighs> I say how hard it is, and I know that a lot of journalists out there are also very loud in how <laughs> difficult it is. But it is a really hard show to do yeah. because it is just an onslaught of things being announced at the same time. And that's very chaotic. And if you don't have a giant team of writers yeah. and it's just kind of you and a couple of people, it's, that's a lot of hard work to do. Uh, for a show that, that that's so big, I mean, it pretty much takes over the entire city of Vegas. So it's, uh, but you know, and and the other thing, it's just it's a small sliver of what's going to happen the rest of the year. It's just like it's just the starter course of tech for the new year. And there's and also remember, there's so many things that get announced that you just you're there in the briefing. I've been in briefings like that where it's like, okay, so you're not giving us. Any details on a release mm -hmm. schedule, pricing, we're not allowed to touch this thing. So I'm guessing that you, we're looking at one of two of these things that actually mm -hmm. exist in the world, and you're waiting to see what the reaction is You're from watching my buyers. face. Well, <laughs> well, okay, I'm not, I'm not important enough that they're watching my face, but they're like, if you, if you get purchase orders or like uh, letters of interest from a bunch of people, then you'll start working out how much, with the, the, if it's possible to even actually make these in lots yeah. of a thousand. Otherwise, this is the last time we're ever going to see this. And I have to make sure that if I, if I write about this, 
<laughs> the way that I write about this reflects the fact that this is just something that they would really, really like people to get excited about. Uh, are we excited, Andy, about uh, all the Google Assistant stuff just to round off this yeah, week? I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the these little like uh, grapefruit-sized and shoebox-sized boxes in my house being able to do things magically that they weren't able to yeah. do before. So, yeah, this is going to be great stuff. Uh, if anything, it's got me more excited about Google I.O. <laughs> in May probably uh, than anything else that's at CES uh, because – Again, you see, if they if they are able to design and deploy an entire Disney style theme park ride just to get people to write about the Google Assistant, that gives you an idea of exactly how much they've got. Not when I talk about how much they've got invested, I don't just mean like monetarily. Mm -hmm, I mean just mm -hmm. emotionally. Like mm -hmm. every time they think about Google in a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, this is they're it. not. They're not thinking about phones. They're not even thinking about Androids. They know that there'll be something, there'll be a new operating system to replace Android, but the Google Assistant will be just more and more sophisticated. And now it will be part of the phone mm -hmm. network uh, and it will be part of like every single phone bank that exists. And that's where the, all of their passion, that's where so much of their passion is. So, but uh, can we get excited about new stuff being published by Florence Ion in the next week? Uh, actually, I just had something go up on Lifehacker uh, yesterday. Well, we're filming. We're filming. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, my article went up on a Tuesday. But if you go to Lifehacker this week and you search for my name, uh, you will find all of the articles that I have written there. And so right now we have a little starter article for anybody who just picked up a Chromebook and is wondering what the heck to start with uh, to get it working and to get it functioning with things like Microsoft Office documents and PDFs. So go check that out. Great. Um, I wrote a piece about uh, my my only piece of CES coverage so far uh, because Apple has decided to allow, yes. has deigned to allow owners of Samsung TVs to actually watch the movies and TV shows they've purchased at the iTunes store, which is the first time they've allowed this to happen on like a non-Apple branded device outside of like Windows notebooks. Uh, so I wrote a bit of, uh, analysis about that for uh, uh, for Fast Company, but you can see links to that uh, off of my Twitter at Inotgo uh, and also off my blog at Inotgo.com and that's pretty much where you go to find me. Well, that's going to be it for this week. Next week, we might have some more stuff to talk about CES. Mm -hmm. As we understand, that the, the end of the week is where you find the really stupid news finally filtering up to the top. Uh, but So we might have some more stuff to talk about, but hopefully we will have moved on to important stuff like the new like web etch-a-sketch app uh that uh, google chrome labs released we'll leave that as a teaser yes uh, thanks everybody for listening to us this week hope you listen to us again next week until then have a really wonderful seven days everybody 